What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Push the Tempo podcast. Today is Friday, March 26th. Uh, the trade deadline was yesterday. A couple moves were made. I believe 16 deals in total were made. And we're just going to run through a couple of them, give our opinions on those trades. And then we're just going to talk about the winners and losers at the end. So let me let me start off and just bring up the first trade. And by the way, these trades that, that we're going to discuss did not have an order. They're just that random. So let's start with the Magic and Nuggets trade. Um, Aaron Gordon was traded to the Denver Nuggets for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first-round pick that is 2025. That is a 2025 that is also protected. What is your opinion on this trade? Um, honestly, at the point, I mean, Aaron Gordon got like he's a free agent next year, if I'm correct, right? I'd have to look. Give me one second. Yeah, now you're good. But either way, I think that the value that the Magic got out of Aaron Gordon, and this is a guy that probably didn't want to stay with the team. It's not bad. I mean, RJ Hampton is definitely an intriguing prospect. Uh, he doesn't really get playing time on the Nuggets. So with the rebuilding team, and it looks like the Magic are going to blow up their team now just from based off all the trades that they made. I would be happy with RJ Hampton and a first-round pick. I mean, although it is protected, I mean, they're blowing things up. So it's not bad at all. And looks like Aaron Gordon was going to move out. So that's my take on that trade. Um, didn't really look like he had too much value going into it. Yeah, so I, I agree. Um, I do. I like this trade for both sides, I should say. Um, the pick, maybe they could have gotten more than just one, considering Denver is a really good team. And that, that pick uh, is probably just going to be – that's not going to be at the very least a lottery pick because Denver is going to look to be good for the foreseeable future. Gary Harris was just in there because of salary filler. He's a guy who at the beginning of his career showed a lot of promise as a good defensive player. But like as of late in the past couple of seasons, he just has not been able to stay healthy. And he's been in and out of the lineup a lot. And the three-point shot has been very up and down. So he was basically in there as salary filler. Uh, now they did acquire RJ Hampton, who a lot of people liked coming into the draft. He slipped a little bit. And it'll be interesting to see how they balance out their guard rotation once they get fully healthy. They have R.J. Hampton, Cole Anthony, and Markel Falls, all three of those guys. Cole Anthony and Cole Anthony was the 15th pick, so right outside the lottery, I believe. And Markel Falls, obviously a lottery pick. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do when they when their guard rotation is fully healthy. And But for the Nuggets, I do like this trade. Like you said, after the 2021-2022 season, Aaron Gordon is a free agent. Um, but I do like this trade for them, considering he's going to fill basically that he's going to fill the the Jeremy Grant role that they've been missing so far this year. Uh, he is a good defensive player. Uh, the three point jump shot. I'm not sure how much I'm I'm not sure how much I really trust it as of right now. Uh, right for this season, he's shooting 37 percent from three. But uh, this is the only season in his career he shot even a league average from three. Last season, he shot 30%, the year before, 34%. Uh, the free throw rate, or I'm sorry, the free throw percentage has not been good. The past two years, this year, he's shooting 62% from the free throw line. But I, I do like this trade for them because now they have a player on the wing who can play some defense. Uh, he can finally play his natural position, the power forward. Then Magic for the longest time. I'm, I'm sorry, I keep going on. But the Magic for the longest time kept on trying to play him at the three. But I do like this. I do think that at the four, he can really be very good next to Jokic because Jokic is a phenomenal passer and he'll find him open. Sorry, I went on a little bit there. 
And no, you're good. Uh, dude, you hit you hit the nail on the head there 100%. And I agree with you. He, he's definitely going to fill in that void. I mean, Paul Millsap really hasn't been there. And he's been their power forward position player. So Jeremy Grant out. Aaron Gordon can honestly fit that role pretty well. And honestly, I do really like this trade for both sides too. Uh, do you want to hop into the next trade? Sure. And uh, I'll just give the details and let you go on with it. So the next trade, because uh, this is a team that you hold some share in, uh, the Celtics and the Magic. Uh, the Celtics traded Jeff Teague, who will be waived by the Magic, and two second-round picks for Evan Fournier. Uh, since you are a Celtics fan, what is your opinion on this trade? Honestly, I mean, I can't really be too disappointed for what we gave up. Uh, Jeff T has been horrible to start the year. And, of course, the last few games that he played as a Celtic, he went off, like, I think two games ago, he had the most points in the entire team. And that's a team that has Kemba Walker, uh, Marcus Smart, and both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And he liked that team. And then the game before uh, he got traded, he also had a really decent game. So, I mean, Jeff Teague was probably expendable to the Celtics, so I'm really not worried about that. And two second-rounders to get an almost 20-point score off the bench. He'd probably come off the bench, to be honest. I'm okay with that. And, um, I mean, this is his last season in the books on his contract. So, I mean, there's that. But this team, the Celtics, they really need something. And, I mean, at this point, it does seem like they're getting a little bit desperate. But I'll take that over doing nothing at all. And over Jeff Teague, definitely, any day. Yep, I agree. I actually thought that Evan Fournier would get traded for more. Because, uh, uh, like I said earlier, Jeff Teague's going to get waived. So he's really not really much of anything in this trade. Two second rounders is the best that Orlando could have gotten for Evan Fournier. Um, he's not a guy that he can't be the best player in the team. Obviously, he probably can't be the second or third. But as a guy coming off the bench for the Celtics, I think, I think he can be a good player. Um, like you said, he's going to probably come off the bench and uh, he's just going to provide like a spark plug offense playing against bench lineups and just doing a little bit of scoring. And the Celtics, they just added another player who can play. Like we've talked about it previously that the Celtics, a lot of their roster is, it's not, it's very underwhelming. You know what I mean? Uh, they have a lot of guys who are just not competent NBA players. And they just added one for kind of basically nothing to come off their bench and, and play. Um, in the playoffs, Evan Fournier has sucked in his career. Uh, he has a 46% true shooting percentage for his career in the playoffs. Not good. But you got to remember on the on these past couple of Orlando Magic teams, he was, for the most part, the uh, the primary initiator on offense of the perimeter. And he's just not that guy. So that's going to change now. He's obviously playing behind much, talent, much more talented players in the perimeter. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kendall Walker, even Marcus Smart to an extent. So he's playing behind those guys. And so he's probably going to get easier shots and be more efficient. At least that's that's what you would hope for. So I think I think this is a good move for the Celtics. I agree, I agree. Um, do you want to move on to the next one? Sure. Let's just continue on with the Magic then. Uh, the Magic and the Chicago Bulls. Nikola Vucevic, which... Uh, all inclination was saying that the Magic would not trade Vooch, that they were looking for an offer that would completely blow them away. And then they ended up moving him. Uh, Nikola Vucevic was traded along with Al Farouk Aminu, uh, basically just a contract dump, for Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr., uh, and two first-round picks in 2021 and 2023. 
I'll let you start off. What do you think of this trade? Uh, to be honest, I feel like Vucevic has a lot more value than that. But at the end of the day, two first-round picks are pretty great. And Wendell Carter Jr., honestly, he hasn't been playing to what his expectations are. And personally, I do believe that he can play so much better. And now he's on a team where, like, let's be honest, the Magic with their current roster, doesn't they don't really have all of that. So, honestly, I can think he can kind of, you know, have a lot more playing time and do a little bit more. And I think this was definitely worth it for the Magic, especially because they're just going to blow up their team. Uh, I'm okay with it, to be honest. Um, and I, I don't see why the Bulls would want to do it for Vucevic. Um, and they're also giving up two first rounds. It's not like they're going to, you know, compete for anything with their current roster. But at the end of the day, um, for the Magic, at least, I'll give them the dub. What do you think? I think this trade works well for both teams. Um, I disagree with you saying that they got could have gotten more for Vucevic. I think right now the level he's playing at is the best he's ever going to be. Um, he's averaging almost uh, – he's averaging 24 and a half points and almost 12 rebounds. Um, and But I feel like teams know that he can't really be the best player in a championship team, and he can't really – he's not a guy that you're going to put on a team I – don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but he's just not like a huge impact player that's going to – contribute so much to like winning at the highest level which is I think why they only got two first round picks which I think is fair um Wendell Carter I do agree I think he can be better than what he's shown he's just a guy who's been in and out with injuries just constantly throughout his career he played for Jim Boylan which Jim Boylan was a bad coach and really put him in a system that it just really messed him up and he wasn't really playing well in it and Alfred Camino uh, like I said just a salary dump Otto Porter Jr., same, just to match the contracts. And then those two first-round picks. Um, I do like it for Chicago because, I mean, you're pairing Zach Levine with the second all-star. And while I don't think this this trade makes them, like, a top four or five team in the East, I think it might it probably puts them firmly in the playoff picture. And that's really all you can ask for as of right now for Chicago. Uh, they haven't really been good the past couple of years. They've been disappointing to, in most people's eyes based off the talent that they've had on their roster, Zach Levine's good. Laurie Markkinen, uh, though a lot of people are starting to see through him, he's been perceived as being really good. Kobe White is a lottery pick. Patrick Williams is very underrated. He's having a good season. And this, I think, makes them firmly a playoff team. So I like it for both sides. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's really all I have to say about this one. Okay, yeah, no, you do have some good points there. But, you know, I just find it hard to believe that, you know, all it took was two first-round picks for Vucevic. I mean, I feel like this guy could be, like, he's one of the most unstoppable centers in the league in terms of, you know, making that mid-range jump shot and that post play. Sure, he's not, like, the best player ever. And, of course, he's probably right around his peak. But, like, could you imagine, like, uh, like a contending team that just needs one more piece adding somebody like Vucevic? Like, I know this would probably never happen, but could you imagine he went to, uh, you know, the Nets, for example, and the Nets gave like three first rounds and like, I don't know, Spencer Dinwiddie or something like that. Yeah, that's, de- I mean, that's definitely possible, but I just don't think he's a guy. Cause like, look at it. He's obviously putting up amazing numbers. He's still right below leap at league average in terms of true shooting percentage. So he's slightly inefficient. Uh, he shoots a lot of threes and he's not the greatest defender in the world. So I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors that make him great. And I think there's a lot of factors that will make him great in Chicago, considering he can play next to Zach Levine. There's a lot of options on offense where you can go with that. 
but there's also some that hold him back. Uh, he's slightly inefficient. Uh, he shoots a lot of threes. He, I mean, he's good at it. Like he's a, he's a good three-point shooter, and he's just not the best player defensively. But overall, I think both teams did pretty well in this trade. Okay, that's a fair point. Yeah, I could, I could see where you're coming from. Uh, but man, you know, he's just been on the tear the last few years. Very underrated player, in my opinion. But yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Uh, do you want to hop into the next trade? Sure. Uh, so the Portland Trailblazers and the uh, the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Norman Powell was traded from the Toronto Raptors for Rodney Hood and Gary Trent Jr. What do you what do you think about this one? Man, this one is really hard for me just because I feel like it didn't really make too much sense in my opinion. I mean, Gary Trent has been great for the Trailblazers. I mean, he's been playing at a phenomenal level. And I feel like he's been getting better every single season. And I kind of get why they want to trade him because, I mean, Dame and CJ aren't getting any younger. Uh, they're probably in closer to their peak. But, I mean, at the same time, I don't think that Norman Powell is going to be that guy that's going to push the Blazers over the edge. And, like, kind of to kind of just give up on Gary Trent. And I know, like, I'm making this guy seem as if he's, like, a future all-star, but he's more like a really good role player to a certain extent. But, like, still, to kind of just give up on him for a guy like Norman Powell, who can be great at times, but I just feel like it's, it's, I don't know. I'm not too sure about that on the Blazers side. And then on the Raptors side, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what are they going to do with Rodney Hood and Gary Trent? Like, it looks like the Raptors are probably at the end of their, you know, their run. Um, in my opinion, I, I know they couldn't move Kyle Lowry, but like, what else can they really do? If I were them, I would look to either, you know, rebound with another player or, you know, I don't know. I'm just not too sure on either side if what, what their intentions are with this trade. You know what I mean? So uh, my, my take on this trade is you have to look at the position that both these teams are in. Um, the Blazers are trying to be a contending team as of right now. Um, Norman Powell, at this very moment, I think he's a better player than Gary Trent Jr. He is, I think he's 27 turning 28. Um, he's kind of basically as good as, as he's ever going to be. And he's been really good this season, like really, really good. He's having an awesome season. Next year, he's going to have a player option, which he is probably going to turn down. It's 11 million. And he's going to look to sign a longer term deal, which is why I think the Raptors traded him away. Um, the reports were that they were looking to move on from Lowry as well. Uh, they ended up, they did, did end up trading Powell, like we're talking about right now. But that kind of just tells us that this team, the Raptors, are looking to move into a new phase. And they probably didn't want to pay Norman Powell a huge amount of money. That's why they settled for Gary Trent Jr., who I believe is 22 or 23. And he's on the last last year of his deal, but he's entering restricted free agency. So the, the Raptors will have more control in what they can offer Gary Trent rather than having to pay Norman Powell. Yeah, Gary Trent's only 22. And I think he's a better defender. So while, while I do like this trade for the Blazers, Norman Powell is really good, like I said earlier, I don't think it really moves the needle. And my reasoning for that is that while he's great offensively, like he doesn't fix the Norman Powell. I mean, he doesn't fix the Blazers' biggest problem. The Blazers are one of the worst defenses in the league. Like, um, and I get that Yusuf Nurkic has been out. Like he's been out like a lot over the past year or two since that really terrible leg injury, but they're really banking on use of Nurkic and Robert Covington being like phenomenal defensively to carry that unit because it's Dame, CJ, and Norman Powell. Dame and CJ both undersized, not good defensively. That that much is known. Norman Powell is 
while he's slightly bigger, I believe he's like six five or something, six six. Uh, he's still not, yeah, six six three. Wow, he's even short too. So he doesn't really offer much defensively either. So they're really banking on Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic being really good on that end, and that's why I just don't know. I just don't think it really moves the needle too much. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. In terms, like the way you put it. I mean, I'd rather have Gary Trent in that sense because he's more of an efficient shooter than Norman Powell, even though Norman Powell has been having a great season this year and he's also a better defender. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of like an unnecessary trade, in my opinion, at least. But I, I can see where these teams are coming from now. So with that being said, do you want to move on to the uh, the next trade? Yes, go for it. All right. Um, so the next one we're going to talk about is a three-team trade. Uh, involves your Celtics again. So the Bulls, Celtics, and Wizards were involved in this one. So uh, follow me on this one. The Celtics got Luke Cornett and Mo Wagner. Uh, the Bulls got Daniel Tice, Javante Green, and Troy Brown Jr. Uh, and the Wizards got Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson. Since you're the Celtics fan, I'll let, I'll let you take it away. What do you think about this? Bro, what the hell, man? We the Celt- all right, sorry, a little bias in there. What the hell? Like literally, the Celtics gave up the best player out of all those players, arguably, and they pretty much got nobody back in return. And like, yeah, Luke Cornett stinks. Like he's really bad. Like- yeah, he's supposed to be like uh you know a seven foot sharpshooter, but I was looking at his percentages the other day, and granted, he doesn't shoot a lot, just because he doesn't get a lot of playing time. But it's sub twenty six percent from three. That's garbage. I mean. Tice, although, yeah, he missed his last shot as the Celtics, which was kind of sad because that would have been a game winner. But, man, like, Tice, he can shoot the ball. He has so much chemistry on the Celtics. And, like, he plays so well with anybody. Kemba, uh, Marcus Smart, he's catching lobs from. He sets screens for uh, Tatum. And he just plays so well in the system. Yeah, he's a little bit undersized. But, like, he's probably the best player out of all the players that got traded. And for the Celtics to get back, Mo Wagner, that nobody, like, I'm not gonna lie, but I, don't, I feel like nobody even likes him as a player. Um, mm-hmm. He's kind of annoyance, and he's not that good either, in my opinion, at least. Uh, and Luke Cornett, and I'm not gonna even say anything. I mean, these guys are professionals, but it's kind of garbage if you ask me. <clears throat> but like, yeah, I, I feel like the Celtics got gypped here, and I felt like I just feel like Danny Ainge got a lot of pressure to make some sort sort of trade. Um, who knows? Maybe he made this trade to kind of acquire Andre Drummond off the waiver wire, or maybe even Marcus Aldridge. And then he's just planning to kind of wave Luke Cornett or something like that. But, like, as it stands, the Celtics uh, – and I don't want to get too much on a tangent on the Celtics, but they gave up – No, no, no. Keep, Dan- keep going. Keep going. <laughs> they gave up Daniel Tice, Javante Green, Jeff Green, two second-round picks, and I believe um, – yeah, I think that was it. In some cash, I could be wrong about that. They gave all that up. For Evan Fournier and Luke Cornett, Luke Cornett and Mo Wagner, and that if you put it in that perspective, it was terrible offseason for them. Oh, sorry, not offseason. Sorry, uh, trade deadline for them. But I don't, I don't want to get too much into it. But this trade specifically kind of just ruined the whole Celtics trade deadline, and I won't get too much into the specifics. But like, damn, that was terrible, man. All right, so now that now that you've gotten that out of the way, I think out of all three of these teams, I think the Bulls came away with the best. Uh, Daniel Tice is a he might be slightly 
overmatched as like a starting big man, which he was in, um, he was with the Celtics. But I think he can be a serviceable to really good backup big man. He's going to be backing up Vucevic now, obviously. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. was buried on the Wizards bench this year. But last year, like he came in and provided solid minutes and some solid scoring. So the Bulls are taking a waiver on him, see if he can kind of replicate what he did last year. Because this year, he just hasn't gotten any run. Um, Javante Green, I don't know much about him. You're the Celtics fan. You could probably tell me about him. Uh, the Celtics, I mean, Mo Wagner is probably going to be backing up Tristan Thompson, who uh, I remember I so, I sent you that thing about Tristan Thompson. Uh, he has been a disaster in Boston this year. Um, Luke Cornett, you already mentioned Luke Cornett's not any good. Daniel Gafford, um, he's athletic, but he's very raw. Uh, he just he went to the Wizards. And Chandler Hutchinson, kind of the same, kind of an underwhelming bench player. So out of all three of these teams, I think the Bulls came away with the best. And then the Celtics kind of just, man, I don't know what the Celtics are doing right now. Yeah, honestly, like, dude, if anything, I feel like the Celtics should have got more out of that. For, like, yeah, Daniel Tice isn't the great player ever. But out of all of those players, if he's the best player, you should be getting something returned. Like, out of the players that were in that trade, should have got Troy Brown. You know what I mean? Should have got Daniel Gafford or somebody like that. It just it's just not fair in my opinion. But other than that, yeah, I definitely think the Bulls will win this trade too. Um, one thing that I do have a little bit of concern about the Bulls now is I feel like they have so many t- like touches to go around. Like Zach Levine's a guy that shot the ball twenty times. Now you got Vucevic, who's an All Star, who probably shoots just right around there as well. And then you've got uh, Patrick Williams, Larry Markkinen, who shoots fifteen times per game, and then Kobe White so these are all guys that are going to get a lot of touches and I mean I feel like the Bulls they could have just made one more push and I know I'm getting ahead of myself but like yo imagine if they got Lonzo or something like that like a playmaker I feel like that would have helped the Bulls out a lot more um but yeah this is a team that made great now that I'm looking at it in perspective the Bulls had a great trade deadline all right so yeah yeah, I think I think we've gone on about Luke Cornett for too long. Do you wanna do you wanna move on then to the next trade? Yeah, no, since you triggered me, let me trigger you. Uh let's talk about this Clippers and Hawks trade. All right, okay. So the details of that trade are the Clippers traded away Lou Williams, two second round picks, 2023 from the Blazers and 2027 from the Clippers. So basically like an eighth grader right now, and cash considerations for Rajon Rondo. I'll, I'll let you go first. What do you what do you think about this one? Man, honestly, I, I was okay with it. If as a in yeah, I can't even talk. Sorry. Um, in the perspective of the Clippers, like we were talking about it, they need a playmaker and a, a guard that can kind of defend the ball. I mean, Rondo can do that. Yeah, sure. He's not been the greatest the last few seasons, but he's coming off a championship. That's, that's putting it lightly. Putting it very lightly. <laughs> I, that's man, being I, very. That's being very generous. Just want to let you know. <laughs> I mean, you got to remember he was on the Celtics, so maybe there's a little bit biasy there, but I, I still think that Rondo can play close to a high level, not the highest level that he used to play at, but maybe like five, 10 minutes off the bench, you know, helping in crucial moments, being kind of a leader. Um, I feel like he can help the Clippers. And we've said this in previous podcasts, mostly you, uh, Lou Williams has been kind of, you know, garbage this year. Uh, I was looking at his percentages from the field and, you know, he's shooting, I, be- I believe it was under 38% from the field, which is, like, worse than what um, 
I could be wrong. I got to double check that. But it was worse than what Jeff Teague was shooting, which is like garbage, man. <laughs> but yeah, I'll let you go on now. All right. Um, so like you said, we talked about it for a while. Um, I've been a guy who said that we should trade Lou Williams, try to move off of him this year. Because in my opinion, and you've seen it throughout NBA history, the high, high volume, low efficiency, uh, six-man scorer off the bench, uh, that really doesn't work in the playoffs. Because in the playoffs, because those guys come off the bench for a reason. They're either inefficient, they're, high, they're tough to hide on defense, or they're just, they just don't really compare to the starter level players. Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams. Lou Williams throughout his career has really dipped off come playoff time. And that, that was the case last year. Uh, last year, he felt like he couldn't hit a fucking three and he was missing layups. And he just wasn't good last year. And this year, like we said, in a reduced role, his he's just significantly uh, – I, I don't want to say he's gotten worse, but he just hasn't been the same player. He's his driving to the rim. He's not getting to the free throw line as much. And uh, he's just not – He's just not as valuable or as important to the team in the new system that Ty Lue is running. All that being said, to and I, I wanted him traded. I, I made that pretty obvious. Why would we trade him for Rondo? And I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fully dismiss Rondo because, like you said, Rondo in the past has come through in the playoffs. But that doesn't that doesn't negate the fact that for like the past four or five years he's been a negative on the court. And this year he's been one of the worst rotation guards in the league. He's been awful this year in the regular season for the Hawks, like atrocious, doesn't play any defense, can't hit a fucking three. And, and it, look, I, I understand. I'm not going to fully, I'm not going to fully wave him off because he's one of the smartest players in the league. And last year he had a solid run for the Lakers. Uh, he shot 40% from three. And when teams left him open, he made them pay. And he's, and and I already mentioned it so many times, but he's so he's so smart. He knows the playbooks in and out, and I think he's a more playoff friendly player than Lou Williams is. But I, I'm just I'm just really doubtful of him, and I I hope I'm wrong. I would love to think that I'm wrong, but as of right now, I'm just a little I'm a little skeptical. Hey man, um, you got playoff P, and now you got playoff Rondo, so maybe that'll help out a little bit. Yeah, maybe maybe he can <laughs> maybe he can negate playoff P. <laughs> yeah, well, all, all jokes aside, um, all right, think about it this way. There's five minutes left in the close game. Who would you rather have on the floor, Lou Will or Rondo? Well, if possible, if Patrick Beverly's healthy, I prefer Patrick Beverly, but that's, uh, at this he's, point, nev- he's never healthy. Uh, so. At this point, Patrick Beverly fouled out. So all right, now who would you rather want? Is he, is he fouled out or is he injured yeah. again? So no, he's, fouled. <laughs> okay. no, he's fouled out this time. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather I say okay if Rondo's hitting his threes, I take Rondo. Like that, that's my biggest, that's my biggest worry with him. Um, he's improved as a three point shooter, but I'm just not sure how much I can trust it. He shot 40 percent in the bubble. Anthony Davis turned into Kevin Durant in the bubble. You know, Tyler Hero turned into Devin, whatever, to Devin Booker in the bubble. Like, like a lot of people, Gary Trent was on fire in the bubble. Like a lot of players played better than they regularly would, and. I hope he can continue. And man, I would be so happy if Rondo can become the missing player that that we need. But as of right now, I'm very skeptical of him. Yeah, hey, that's definitely fair. I think there is one more thing that we didn't really look at, and that's kind of like the mentality perspective. Because if you remember, like we all know, 
like playoff Rondo, if that's a real thing or not. But nonetheless, he's always there to try to win a championship. I don't think that's changed. But then when you take a look at Lou Will, and I really like Lou Will as a player, and he's a cool guy. He seems like a chill guy. But if you remember what he did in the bubble with, like, you know, Lemon Pepper Lou, it's I, I just feel like he doesn't wait, have wait, the can, same. Can I say something about that? Yeah, what's up? Okay, enough, enough was not made about that. I like, like though he could have he could have put the entire bubble in jeopardy because of that. And like I get it that like he he was going to a funeral and all that, but dude, that just kind of showed that he wasn't really he wasn't really committed to he wasn't really so serious about trying to win the championship. And that's what the Clippers that's what their that's what their their goal was last season. And then they fucking they embarrassed themselves in front of everybody. Lou Williams was a part of that. Michael Porter Jr. in a game that he hit like a huge three-pointer over Lou Williams, couldn't hit a fucking shot that entire game. And guess who he fucking, he splashed a three right in Lou Williams' face. Like, Lou Williams, what he did for the Clippers in his two and a half years there, or whatever it was, like, it's really it's really important, and I thank him for it. But come playoff time, like, I was always skeptical of him. And last year, though, by the numbers, they were better with him on the court. Like, he couldn't hit a shot. Like, I think in the Denver series, he shot like 7% from three or something like insanely bad like like Lou Williams is just not a playoff friendly player all right sorry sorry I cut you off no you exactly just proved my point I was going to say from the mentality perspective they're they're totally on different levels and you just proved my point um yeah you proved my point right there and that perspective who would you rather have Rondo or Lou you know what I mean and you know there's reports that came out earlier this morning that you know Lou is considering retiring which just proves that he's not all there together you know what I mean I just think that was more so Lou saying that the Clippers would be his last team. And I think one of the reasons that they traded for Rondo, I think we're going on too long, but this will be the last point I make is I think one of the main reasons that they traded for Rondo was because they could send Lou back to Atlanta. Lou is from Atlanta. He's from Georgia. So that is one of the main reasons that they decided to end up making this deal. It was more so them wanting to do right by Lou Williams, who's done a lot for the team than I think, well, I do think they wanted Rondo at the same time um, because Rondo is really – he's heavily respected by a lot of the best players in the league because of how smart he is. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with them wanting to do right by Lou Williams at the same time. All right, that's definitely fair. Um, we'll have to see how this translates. In my opinion, it's a win for the Clippers. In your opinion, it's kind of debatable. But, I mean – We'll have to see, and I can't wait to see how this team plays. Uh, do you want to move on to the next trade? I think there's a few more left. Yeah, let's just let's just run through them quick. Uh, let me just let me just uh, name off the ones that aren't really of much importance. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors and the Hornets. Uh, the Warriors traded Brad Wanamaker and a 2022 second round pick from the Toronto Raptors for and cash considerations for a 2025 second round pick that is top 25 protected which means it'll never convey, which means they traded Brad Wanamaker for nothing. Um, this one was funny to me. The Spurs and Warriors, uh, Marquise Chris and cash considerations were traded for the draft rights to Caddy or Katie Lalane. Uh, when I first heard that name, I thought it was an assistant head coach. It turns out that Caddy Lalane is actually a player. I did not know that. And so I guess that leaves us with the last trade that we're going to talk about. And the biggest, the biggest one that, a lot of people saw it coming, but not for what it was, the Heat and the Rockets. Victor Oladipo was traded to the Miami Heat for Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and a 2022 picks block. What, do you, what, do you, what are your opinions on this trade? 
Yeah. So in our last podcast, we kind of said like, yo, a Heat is kind of like a complete team that we can't really see too many trades or something that they would want to do unless it's like you're going for that player. And I'm not sure Victor Oladipo is that player, but they definitely made moves. I mean, getting rid of Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek or like whatever, not bad of a price to pay for Oladipo. Um, in my opinion, I feel like Oladipo can be a great player on the court. Um, he adds a little bit more, you know, uh, a little playmaking, a lot of slashing to the rim, uh, passing out, that's how they play. But is he going to be that player that puts Miami over the edge? And we'll just have to find out. I feel like, if I'm not wrong, I think that his contract expires this year, so he's kind of like a rental. Uh, we'll have to see if this pans out or not. But to be honest, for a rental, they didn't really give up too much, in my opinion. And it's definitely worth the gamble. What do you think? Uh, that's actually my exact thoughts. Um, at one, from From one perspective... Um, I don't think a lot of teams in the league were probably interested in Victor Oladipo this year. Uh, he's a guy that, like you said, he's just been injured so much and he's been in and out of the lineup and he really hasn't been the same player since like that, that major quad injury. So I think a lot of teams were hesitant to give up what the Rockets wanted for Victor Oladipo. So at the end, they didn't want to hold on to Victor Oladipo, who's probably going to walk in free agency because the Rockets are one of the worst teams in the league right now. They probably didn't want to lose him for nothing, so they just ended up settling for what Miami gave. Um, and credit to Miami. They gave up basically nothing to get Victor Oladipo. Uh, Gary, I'm sorry, one second. Uh, Avery Bradley, he's he's barely played this year. He's been hurt. Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek's not in their long-term plans. He There's a chance he probably wouldn't be on the team next year. And a 2022 pick swap that it probably won't happen considering Miami's going to be better than Houston for the foreseeable future. Um but Victor Oladipo is just a guy who hasn't, who hasn't been the same since that major injury. And, like, in Houston this year, he's been legitimately bad. Outside of March, he, like, he was good for a week, and then he was terrible again. And now he's been – he's had, like, a solid March. But I'm just, I'm just not sure what he can do this year. He's shooting 50.8% true shooting percentage. Uh, for reference, the league average is 57%. So – like I trash, I like that's like the same true shooting percentage as Andre Drummond. I mean, he's a guard, Oladipo, so it's kind of understandable. But he's just not been really that great this year. So, um, but I do, I do think the Heat. I think they made the right move because you traded for him for basically nothing. Uh, what's going to be interesting to see though is to see what he what he demands in free agency and if they're willing to match that. Yeah, that's true. And honestly, like there have been a lot of shady reports over Victor Oladipo, like asking other teams, like, yo, can I be on your team? Can I go to your My, team? Miami like was that. one of them. Miami was yeah, one of them. It was, yep. So that's why I'm kind of like kind of iffy on it. But like we said uh, in that last podcast, we we're like, yo, they might need another wing player, kind of guard player. And they've got that in Victor Oladipo. So now they picked up Trevor Riza and Victor Oladipo. And that's not necessarily, or it could push them right over the edge, but I think that's definitely a more of upside than a downside. Yeah, I think I think this trade is good for them. They gave up basically nothing, like I said earlier, to get a guy that they've been linked to for a while. And um, what, whether it works out for them, he's definitely not going to have as big of a role and be expected to do as much. Miami's a much more talented team than Houston and probably more talented than the Indiana teams that he was on earlier. Um, so it remains to be seen what uh, he can offer them. So, uh, yeah, all in all, I think solid trade for them. It's more of a more of an upside swing, and it 
it's going to be very interesting to see what they offer him in the offseason. Yeah, definitely. Or if they offer him or if they offer him anything at all because like I said they gave up nothing to get him, so. Yeah, who knows he could work out or he could not work out and they would just not offer him anything. Who knows? All so, right, with uh, that said, I think we're I think we're through all the trades. Uh do you want to talk about Kyle Lowry the situation with Kyle Lowry first or do biggest winners and losers? All right, so let's talk about Lowry. So, Honestly, in my opinion, and you might not go with this or not, but I think that Larry is the greatest Raptor of all time. But with that being said, this isn't like a Raptor team that's going to, you know, compete for a championship. Their time is done. They won their championship and it looks like they're on to the next phase. And this is exactly what you said earlier in the podcast. And I think that's going to stand true. It's just that I feel like no team wanted to pay the price for Kyle Lowry. Uh, There were reports that uh, for the Heat, they would have to give up Tyler Hero, and then for the Lakers, it would have to be THC. And I mean, yeah, THT. Both of, sorry, yeah, THT. I have no idea what THC is. <laughs> you know that's what? Like, that's like TLC, Timothy Long. <laughs> no, you, you know what it was? Um, every time I'd write THT in um in, in our group chat, it would autocorrect to THC. I think that's why I keep saying that. <laughs> but yeah, nonetheless, I mean, I would I wouldn't have. I would have, if I were the Raptors, I probably would have just gone for it because although Lowry is like, you know, like I said before, probably the greatest Raptor of all time, you got to make moves in the future. And I, I felt like if anyone was going to do that would be Masai Ujiri. But I mean, he's still on that team and they're still not in the playoff picture as of now, not even a playing team, but we'll have to see. What do you think? Yeah. So uh, the reports that I saw around Twitter and such were that any team that wanted to trade for Kyle Lowry would also be, uh, they'd be, he'd he'd want to sign a two-year extension with them, uh, two years, $25 million each. So the only team that I saw that was willing to do it was Miami. Um, But at the end of the day, like you said, they didn't want to give up Tyler Hero. And if they didn't want to give up Tyler Hero to get James Harden, like they aren't doing it for Kyle Lowry. So I'm I'm not even going to pay that any mind. Um, The Lakers is just a little bit more, it's a little bit more, like egregious to me, in my opinion, uh, right now with LeBron and Anthony Davis both on the shelf for the foreseeable future. I think LeBron's going to miss another month. Anthony Davis's timetable is a lot more uncertain. Uh, Kyle Lowry would really help them right now, help them win some games and prevent them from sliding too far down the Western Conference because I believe they're like fourth or fifth right now, um, and they could easily fall to like sixth or seventh before you know it because those guys are going to be out. Um, another reason why I think they should have went for Kyle Lowry is. Dennis Schroeder and them, like the reports have been that Dennis Schroeder and the Lakers are pretty far off and they're not really meeting, like they're not seeing eye to eye on extension talks. Dennis Schroeder thinks he should be making a shit ton of money and the Lakers really just don't agree. Whether that's fair or not, that's not my, that's not really up to me to say. Um, The Lakers fans who watch him every night could probably tell you better, but trading Dennis Schroeder, THT, who THT, he's probably, he might be good, but he's never going to be as good as Kyle Lowry. He's a second-round pick, you know? Um, like, you you get off having to pay Dennis Schroeder a shit ton of money, uh, and you can get a guy who, though he's 35, 34, 35 Kyle Lowry right now, he's still one of the seven or eight best point guards in the league, you know? And you're holding on to a second-round pick because of that when your best player, who's the best player in the world right now, is, what is LeBron, 37, 36, right? Something like that. And mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is in his prime. Like, I think the Lakers should have made the move if they could have. At the end of the day, I think it came down to Toronto just not being fully satisfied with what was being offered, which is what was reported. So 
but it's it's really weird, you know. Like everybody thought Kyle Lowry was gonna get traded. I'm pretty sure Kyle Lowry thought he was gonna get traded, and it just didn't end up happening. I'm sure I'm sure he's gonna get, I'm sure he's gonna move on in the off season. They're gonna look to do a sign and trade or something, but it was just a really weird situation. All right, there there's two types of people that are bad about this trade. The first one are teams that wanted Kyle Lowry but didn't end up getting them. And the second one is Malachi Flynn's dad. Why did you that? see that report? No, I did not. What so uh, apparently he went on Twitter and he was basically demanding more time for Malachi Flynn. He's like, yo, have you ever – like I'm just paraphrasing, but like, you know, why wouldn't the nation's best guard last year in college not have any playing time? Something like that. Man, I thought you would see that. So I, I don't know. Might have that's, to cut that's, this funny. that's funny. <laughs> no, that, that's funny. Yeah, it's kind of basically pulling a Marvin Bagley. So, yeah, pretty I much. I don't, I don't know if Malachi Flynn is good. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think I think Lowry would have pushed some teams over the top. The 76ers were also Dude, interested. that's what I was about to say. The Sixers, man, that would have been great, man. I really would love to see Lowry on that team. I think the Sixers were more so just trying to keep the assets they that they have because they have a pretty solid team right now. Um, would I say they're the best team in the Eastern Conference? Probably not. As of right now, I might even say I'd probably put the Bucks over them as well as as the Nets. I think the Bucks have really changed what they're doing this year, and I think they're really good. Um, but I can understand the Sixers not wanting to make the move. They ended up settling for a much smaller deal, trading for George Hill, which I totally forgot to mention earlier, but they made that deal. And, yeah, um, I think Lowry's going to end up getting moved in the offseason to where that remains to be seen. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, do you want to hop into the biggest winners? Sure. Um, so, in my opinion, the biggest winners of the trade deadline are probably the the Nuggets and the Chicago Bulls, and probably the Miami Heat, considering they got Oladipo for nothing. Um, my reasoning for the Magic is they added their Jeremy Grant replacement. Uh, they traded away two firsts, but they're going to be a good team. Or I'm sorry, one first. They're going to be a really good team even come 2025. So that doesn't really matter. Uh, Aaron Gordon, like I said, he's going to defend multiple positions. Hopefully he can continue the three-point shooting and continue it at a higher level, at least league average. And he's just a guy who can defend. And he's a better playmaker than Jeremy Grant as well. They gave up RJ Hampton, who probably wouldn't see minutes this year. And this is this is just a win-down move, and I think they, they're better off for it. Yeah, one, I agree with you on those teams. Another team that I like to throw in there is the Orlando Magic. And sure, yeah, they didn't get yeah. the most value that um, they could have with, like, you know, Evan Fournier and probably even Aaron Gordon and Vucevic. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they made a decision for their franchise, and that's to blow up their team and rebuild. They've got a bunch of young players, like you mentioned, uh, RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, Markel Fools. we got to remember Jonathan Isaac's on that team, too. Uh, although he's been injured now they got Wendell Carter Jr. a bunch of picks are a lot more than they had before and I feel like I'm missing a few guys here there I mean they got some some prospects like you know Chuma Ukiki and some other guys but Mobamba Mobamba man I completely forgot about him so they've got a tons of you know younger talent plus they're right now they're I believe they're in like the 11 12 13 seed somewhere around that range so probably going to get a decent pick as well so I think that they made the right choice as a franchise moving forward. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the Magic, they kind of figured that this team is not really going to take us anywhere. Our ceiling was what we just did the past two years. We made it as like a seven or eight seed. 
won one playoff game each year and then got stomped in the rest, you know? Um, they they realized that it's, it's kind of weird because you would think that they would have traded everybody. They still have, like, Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross, I'm pretty sure some teams would be interested in him. You know what I mean? Um, Clippers. Uh, I yeah, no, he, was, he was a he was a guy that I wish that the Clippers went after it didn't end up happening. By the way, did you see Terrence Ross said I'm the captain now on Yeah, on that Twitter? was the funniest tweet ever, man. I shared that to like every group chat I had. That was Terrence, nice. Terrence Ross is funny. So funny yeah. Um yeah, um the Chicago Bulls, like I said earlier, I think this firmly puts them in the playoffs playoff race. Or at, at the very least gives them a playoff spot. And that's the progress that you just want to see from a young team like that. They haven't been good the past couple of years, and this is just a, a building block, a stepping stone for them to be better to, than they have been previously. Um, what was the third team I said? Oh, yeah, Miami. Miami, because they got Oladipo, they took a flyer on a guy that he pr- provides a massive upside, and they gave up literally nothing to get him. And, yeah, that, that's basically th- – those are my winners. That's fair, and I'm completely on board with you. Uh, do you want to hop into the biggest losers? Yeah, well, why don't you give us what what were your biggest losers in your opinion? Um, in my opinion, it's pretty much any team that wanted Kyle Lowry and didn't get him. So specifically, I mean, the Heat are okay because they got Victor Oladipo, but I'm kind of pinpointing the Lakers and like the mention the reason that you mentioned that you know LeBron is getting up there in age. Anthony Davis isn't really you know hasn't really been performing that well, and you know Dennis Schroeder is not Kyle Lowry. So in order to kind of get that next back-to-back championship they're probably going to need a guy like Kyle Lowry and to be just a second round pick away in uh, THT it's kind of a kind of a sad thing but that's one person I or one team I'd consider a loser uh the other team would be the Celtics just because of I mean the trades that they really made seemed like they were all out of desperation and as a Celtics fan I don't think that you know Evan Fournier is going to make that much of a difference it's not going to push the Celtics over the edge becoming like, you know, making a pass at Eastern Conference and, you know, eventually getting to the end goal. I don't think that they're there. So it's kind of sad. Uh, I'm just happy as a Celtics fan that we didn't get rid of Marcus Smart, and that's a little bit biasedness. But other than that, those are probably the two teams that, in my opinion, took the big sells. Um, that, that's fair. Um, I don't think that the Kyle Lowry signing is – I don't think them losing out on him is the biggest deal considering they still have LeBron AD. The biggest, the biggest issue for them right now is – if they can stay healthy and they are fully healthy come playoff time, um, I think they're coming out of the Western Conference. They're just that good. They've somehow managed to maintain one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the league, when Anthony Davis was out, which is crazy. Um, yeah, um, I think I think health is their biggest problem. But them adding Kyle Lowry would have made them, would have, in my opinion, made them heavy favorites in the Western Conference. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, yo, in my opinion. No, go ahead. Sorry, my bad. I was just cut you off. I was going to say, yo, one team that I didn't really mention um, that could also be a loser is the Cavs. Uh, they weren't able to get any value out of Andre Drummond. And, you know, that JaVale McGee trade was another thing that we forgot to talk about, but it oh, wasn't yeah. that deep. I, I totally forgot. I do like I do like the, the JaVale trade to Denver. I like it for Denver as well. Isaiah, he's a he's a he's kind of like Mason Plumlee, except that he's not nearly as good of a passer, but he offers like rim protection and he can dunk. So my biggest losers then, sorry about that. Um, my biggest losers are, like you said earlier, the Celtics. Um, I like the Evan Fournier trade. Just gives them another player who can play and who's competent. Um, they have they don't have a lot of those guys right now. And But the, the Daniel Tice trade for Mo Wagner, and, like, that just makes no sense to me. 
Uh, they traded a good big man for a guy who's probably going to come off their bench. He's not very good. Luke Cornett, like we mentioned, sucks. And um, yeah, those are my two biggest losers. The the Celtics and oh, I'm sorry, the Rockets as well. The Rockets, I they just weren't able to get anything for Oladipo besides like two guys who probably won't be on the roster next year. Yeah, um, in hindsight, not making that trade um, with the Heat, they basically got fleeced with uh, Harden, you know what I mean? Like, the, out of that trade, they got Victor Oladipo, right? And from Victor Oladipo, they basically turned Harden into, like, some picks and, you know, uh, Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley, right? They could have they could have just had Karis LeVert and, like, Karis LeVert is better right? than, yeah. They could have had him it, it's crazy. I think it's more so they just wanted to cut costs and they knew Oladipo wasn't going to come back to them next season. So they wanted to trade him for something else. But if you're going to do that, trade him for something more valuable. But if you're going to do that, you have to make sure you trade him for something more valuable and not Kelly Olenek and fucking Avery Bradley, you know? Yeah. Uh, to be fair, though, they I don't think that they expected to go on a 20-game loss streak. So that is there. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, so that that's basically – that. that's really all I have to say. Um Rockets and Rockets and Celtics came away the worst. All right. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, all right. So the last question for today. All right. So which player will have the biggest impact on their new team? Man. Um, I think, I think the easy answers are like uh, Aaron Gordon and I'm sorry, Aaron Gordon and um, Nikola Vucevic, right? Uh, I'll, I'll let you go first. What do you what do you think? Who do you think is going to be the biggest impact? Yeah, I feel like those are definitely the easy answers. You can probably even you know shove in Victor Oladipo as well. Uh, if I had to be, if I had to say one player, maybe I'd give it to Evan Fournier just because the Celtics have like no death whatsoever. So having a twenty point score, whether he's a starter or off the bench, is definitely going to help the Celtics. They just um, added Luke Cornett. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. But I mean. Come on, man. I'm looking at the roster of the Celtics right now. Only four players have higher than 10 points per game. So we've got, um, you know, obviously Jason Tatum, um, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Kemba Walker. And now they've got Forney. Other than that, there's no other player that averages even more than like nine points per game. So I feel like they definitely need this uh, scoring or else it could be definitely a problem. And I feel like Forney could definitely bring some impact to that team, but whether it's the best impact player or not, I'm just assuming guessing. What do you think? Yeah, my my answer was going to be along the lines of Evan Fournier as well. They, Like I said, they added a guy who's a competent NBA player, um, and they gave up kind of nothing to do it. Two second-round picks. Jeff Teague isn't going to play in Orlando, and he's a guy that can play against bench units and put up some points, and some scoring off the bench is something the Celtics – desperately need and they got it um i'm hoping rajon rondo makes a positive impact on the clippers that that remains to be seen so i'm holding out hope for him uh oladipo like we said huge upside high high risk is you know is it is it low risk high reward right that, that's basically what the oladipo situation is right now so look for him to hopefully have a big impact on miami and like i said the easy answers are vucevic and aaron gordon yeah that's fair i definitely agree with you all right, so that pretty much wraps up our trade deadline talk, our podcast, right? Yeah, I think I think we're I think we hit every point. Word. All right, so let's call it. 
All right, guys. I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, it's been it's been fun. Um, it's your boy A right here, and I'm with my guy Kyle. And if you guys want to catch more of our podcast, you guys can check us up on YouTube at the East Coast Broadcast. We have our podcast there with some gameplay in the background, or you can also see us anywhere that uh, you guys listen to your podcast. Um, so you know, Google, Apple Podcast, pretty much anywhere. So with that being said, catch you guys all later and take it easy.